This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by AgentYouTube.com. Would you like more leads that find you instead of you finding them? Let the YouTube agents show you how. The YouTube agents started making videos with no sphere of influence. This year, they're on pace to close more than 100 sales all from leads generated on YouTube. They put a step-by-step -step video program to show you exactly what to do and what not to do to become a YouTube real estate superstar. Visit agentyoutube.com to learn more and sign up today. That's agentyoutube.com. And now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking once again with Lawrence Dunning here in Chicago. Before we get to Lawrence, I would love to ask everybody for just one quick favor. Um, we, Our mission is to reach as many real estate professionals as we can through this podcast. And if everyone who's listening right now can just think of one other real estate agent that could benefit from hearing these interviews, please pass them this podcast. You can send them directly to our website, which we just rebuilt, which is keepingitrealpod.com, or just have them look it up on their podcast app of choice, and they will find us. This really helps us keep going and also gives us feedback on how we're doing. So thank you so much in advance for supporting our show and telling a friend. And now, on to our interview with Lawrence Dunning. Today on the show, we have Lawrence Dunning. This is our part two from the Dunning team at Main Street Real Estate Group uh, in Chicago. Let me tell you a little bit about Lawrence. He was born in London. He graduated with an MBA in finance and got a job at a London trading company, which sent him to a few cities and countries before he settled in Chicago. He ended up leaving the traded company and at 24, uh, with a partner, he set up his own trading company, which he ran until he was 30. And then he decided to step away from business uh, to pursue athletic goals, uh, which had to be done while he was young. And these athletic goals, uh, he spent five years pursuing. Um, these are MMA fights, uh, getting his black belt in jujitsu, et cetera. Um, he became convinced uh, at the end of that uh, of the real estate investing model and bought his first investment property, which was a commercial strip mall. Uh, he got his broker's license uh, five years ago and has been a traditional agent as well uh, now for the last three years. He's a top 1% producer here in Chicago. Um, and he believes he, you know, he built a successful trading company and then rebuilt himself and changed careers into real estate, but he used the same principles of business in both. And there's lots of crossover as well with athletic success uh, in pro sports. Um, welcome once again, Lawrence. Thanks for coming back to the show. Oh, thanks so much, DJ. It's great to be here. Thanks. And by the way, we should mention to our listeners, you can find Lawrence online. His website is the, Dun the Dunning Team. Dunning is two ends. The Dunning Team dot Main Street Real Estate Group dot com. But you can also find him on Facebook. Just search for Lawrence Dunning as well as on LinkedIn. Um, so Lawrence, it's kind of funny. The last time we had, we had two sort of snafus that happened during our show. Uh, one was on my side. I think one was on your side. Yep. Maybe they were both on my side. No, but no, I my, went my into, battery died. <laughs> your battery died. Well, that, that, was, that was the second one. The first one was me as I had eaten um, a pumpkin seed uh, salad with probably 500 pumpkin seeds raw, which are supposedly very healthy. Very and healthy. I was eating spinach and pumpkin seeds. And this was 30 minutes before, uh, which I will not ever do again because I went into a coughing fit. Then we released this episode a few weeks later, uh, right when the coronavirus uh, pandemic had hit. And I'm coughing like crazy, uh, <laughs> probably uh, confused a lot of people thinking, um, you know, oh gosh, hopefully it's not true. You can't contract it uh, just by listening because it probably right. sounded like I was uh, I was very <laughs> sick. Truth be told, I just had a pumpkin seed uh, in my throat. Right. Uh, but but we're we're happy to have you back. Oh, and you. Um, yeah, the world has changed dramatically uh, since we had our first episode. How how have things changed for you? 
Um, yeah, it's been crazy. It's funny because we we did the show, and I know you pre-recorded a couple of months, a couple of weeks before releasing it. Yeah, and then during during those few weeks between um, recording and releasing, it was just when the lockdowns were starting and everything. And I felt so insecure. I was like, oh, I I didn't want to promote this this podcast because it looks like I'm such an asshole. The whole world's going in lockdown, and you and I are just chatting about life, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's just that's that kind of sums up this period, right? It, it's yeah. changing week to week. So it's been it's been really interesting. It's been um, it's been very frustrating. Um, you know, I'm not. I think a lot of people um, have been very frustrated in different ways throughout this whole thing. So if you're going through a rough time, I think that the, the best thing to remember is don't feel alone. And I remember I was having a real rough day, um, and I spoke to a good friend of mine who opened up a restaurant in San Francisco, and the poor guy. Right. He opened up three years ago and he said all the money he made that he was saving the last three years, he lost in two months. So yeah. it, and I, I felt so bad for him, but it, it was a good reminder that I wasn't alone with my own problems. And, you know, you're not alone. The listeners aren't alone. We're all going through something. So it's been a really tough time. Um, and just really quickly, one of the, my favorite things to do is, is there's so much information out there, podcasts, stuff on the Internet, um, great books to read, you know, audio books, all these things. So just sifting through. All, all the, the stuff to, to spend your time on is hard. So I just want to give one book recommendation. Yes, please. I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Brad Anastasia. He bought it for me and um, a couple of weeks ago. I just finished it. It's by the same author that wrote the book we were talking about before we went online, The Devil in the White City, which is about the Chicago Fair. Yeah. And he wrote this great book. It's called uh, The Splendid and the Vile. And what it's about is it's about when um, the Second World War started and Winston Churchill became prime minister in England. And then the, his first year in office, which was very, very tumultuous, that was when England was getting bombed by the Germans and just London was getting, you know, almost every night you'd go to bed and you weren't sure if a bomb was going to land on your roof and you were going to die. Just crazy, crazy stress. And a couple of, couple of things that I really took away from the book, apart from, you know, it's, 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 um, it's all, it's not a novel. It's all historically ac accurate based on first sources. It's very well written, very entertaining. But there's two great lessons that really apply to what we're going through now. And I think the first one is, you know, great careers, great leadership, great accomplishments are never built without some kind of struggle. And obviously, right. we're not getting, you know, bombed every night. So it's not quite the same, but a lot of people are going through very serious things. Family members are getting sick um, and, and it's, it's a real tough time. So it's good to remember the, a bit of historic perspective sometimes. Tough times never last. We, you know, history has shown that we've always had these crazy um, things that at the time you just can't see an end, an end to the to the suffering, but we do, you know, humanity is an amazing species. We do get through things. So I think that's a good thing to remember for everybody. But the other thing, um, I really like the way the author, he ends the book, not at the end of the war. He ends the book when the, um, you know, England's, France falls in a couple of weeks. England's yeah. just getting ravaged by the Germans. All, all the countries around Europe are falling. And the US, I don't know how many people know the US, US were very isolationist. They said they'd just been through the First World War. They didn't want to get involved in another European war. Right. And um, Roosevelt said, I just don't want to be a part of this. And Churchill kept trying, like, you've got to help us, please, please, please. And he just, he, he said, like, uh, he was very sympathetic, but the Congress just didn't, they didn't want anything to do with the war. So the book ends finally when the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor and then mm -hmm. Germany declares war in the U.S. and the U.S. declares war on Germany. And, and basically Churchill knows that it's not the end. There's going to be a lot more pain and suffering, but he knows that victory is in sight. And it took another, I think it was three more years after the, the U.S. entered the war. And that's a great thing to remember, I think, where especially like you and I talked a little bit about this last time, but most people listening to us right now, you and I, I'm sure, most successful people that we look up to, um, no one is ever where they want to be. But if you're heading in the right direction to where you want to be, you can be satisfied knowing you're doing everything right to get your life to where it, to where it's going to be. So I think that that I, I that was a great reminder of that, um, and I love the fact that the author ended the book there on he when Churchill realized that we're not doomed, there is an end in sight, even though it's three you know three years over a thousand days, which is incredible pain and suffering and stress and crazy work and all this stuff at least he knew the end was in sight. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at with the, with the virus right now. Um, it looks like with these states opening, the numbers are looking good. We definitely, there was a period where, you know, we were, really weren't sure how serious this was, was. And I think that most people realize it's not as bad as we thought. 
and um, now we can start the process of, of reopening. So I think I, I'm trying to stay, take, a, it's been a very rough few months. You know, I've had a lot of um, different, you know, you know, like just like everybody, it's cost me financially hugely in many different ways. But as long as we focus on, you know, what we can control, we focus on our health, we focus on knowing that better times are ahead. I think, you know, we can take some kind of optimism and some kind of positivity from, a, from an awful, awful situation. And you, you've been a professional athlete. You've had that career in addition to being uh, not only a, a real estate investor, but, but a successful broker as well. Um, but, but just from an athletic perspective, has that been challenging for you to get your workouts in? Um, has that completely shifted or, or are you still able to, to exercise in the way you want? I, I, that, initially, it was a real shock. Um, I have a couple of things in my place. Actually, in my office, you can see I have a, I have a, a bike there, bike trainer, yeah. and then I have some kettlebells um, in the closet. And I'm so lucky I have that because I have a gym in my building. And I thought, you know, I have the, the jiu-jitsu gym I go to and all these other gyms. I thought, well, if they all close, I've always got the gym in my building. And I've, of course, they they locked the, the building gym. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So, uh, so I've been very creative. I did um I did a challenge. There's a There's a kettlebell challenge where you do 20 workouts and each one is 500 swings. So when you're done, you've done 10,000 swings. So I was alternating that with also running every day. And then I, there was a David Goggins challenge where you do 48 miles, 48 hours. So I've been trying to do all this stuff. I, I think more important that, you know, the most important thing during this whole time has been something that I'm very upset that the media doesn't really talk about is instead of the, the, the things that we can't do, what about the things we can do for our immune yeah. system? The most important thing, getting good sleep, eating well, mentally staying positive, nourishing your mind with positive things, not, you know, negative spirals and rabbit holes. And the other thing is just, yeah, exercise. I think it's so important for your mind, you know, especially there hasn't been many for us in Chicago. There hasn't been many warm days, but anytime the sun is out, I'm out there running, trying to get some vitamin D. There's a lot of studies showing how good that is for your immune system and things like that. So I think that's something that it's been, I've been very, trying to be very creative and I've been very lucky that, um, one thing I think maybe for you and a lot of people during this whole thing is if maybe if, if your regular social circle was seeing, you know, the odd person here and there, I feel like everyone's social circle shrunk. So mine yeah. shrunk to just a handful of a couple of people I saw and two of them are very good friends. And we basically just been keeping each other accountable, working out together pretty much every day, just, and, and that's been really, really great. So I'm missing jujitsu a lot. They closed my gym. I'm missing um, the camaraderie and the friendship and, and all that stuff. But I've been really lucky to have these two friends, Brad and Louie, um, who are just keeping me accountable and we're keeping each other accountable. And I think it's, it's that, I think that's actually post all this craziness, once the, the world opens up, I think the best thing you can do for people that are struggling to keep with their workout goals is, is find an accountability partner. And, uh, to, and actually to tie it back into real estate, um, I, I read, uh, there was a great book I read, um, a long time ago when I first got in the business, I think it was, and it was by a very, very successful broker, you know, over a hundred million him and his team are selling. And one of the things he said is when he started, he had an older mentor and he would email him every night, last thing before he went to sleep. And he would just say what he's done for the day, but not just what he's done for the day. He would break it up in what he's done for future prospecting, what he's done for current clients and yeah. then what he's done. The third one that a lot of people forget what he's done for his education. And I know that yeah. when I was, when I was new in the business and you, you get very, very busy, um, the education part, it kind of goes, that's the first sure. thing to go because you're so busy. And we, we, most of us focus on, you know, our phones are always ringing. You got to, you know, take this client out for showings, write this contract, run these comps, you know, do, you're always running around appraisals, inspections, meet this person. And, and so it's very easy that the prospecting, it doesn't have to be a long time, but I, th I think it's good to do a little bit every day, reaching back out, keeping the contact with clients. But for me personally, it's it's reading, it's learning and reading, and and just you know, yesterday I, I was playing with some buildings, investment builds, built a big spreadsheet, and I was trying to compare them, and just that for me is I'm always learning myself, and I think that's yeah. the biggest mistake that I always look at people, and I think a lot of people do this. I look at someone I admire, and I say I, I look at him, and I say he's a finished product. I admire him as he right. is. I don't yeah. appreciate the fact that he's evolving every day and he's been evolving every day and we have to right. do the same thing. And also he's got problems too and he's yes. out of balance <laughs> and there's parts of his life that he wishes were different because there's people he looks up to that maybe has a certain thing figured out better than, but so, so I think you're right. I, I think this idea of measurement, uh, measuring your daily uh, activity, 
it is so much more powerful. And it just, at least from my perspective and my own personal experience, I'll give you a, per, a perfect example. So I, I, I've been a writer most of my life. I've always wanted to be a comedy writer, humor writer, uh, mostly for, not for television or movies, but but for other publications. And so I actually um, hit one of my lifelong, basically my lifelong goal just a few weeks ago. I was very proud. It was more of a private thing. I didn't really announce it. But I went home that night. You can probably appreciate this because you, you, you've, achieved some incredible things with athletics and, and business. Um, and I was actually, so it, it happened on whatever day, let's say a Tuesday. Um, I, I hit this basically lifelong dream. I got it done. And, uh, and I went home and I was really depressed. And I thought, oh, this is going to be like my big celebration night. And we didn't have any, my girlfriend, and I didn't have anything to celebrate. She was wanting to celebrate. And I kind of said, you know, I'm actually a little bummed out. Uh, not a little, I was a lot bummed out and it was confusing because I had just achieved something and I'm a little bit hard on myself for sure. But I thought, why am I so bummed out? And I realized, oh, I don't know what's next. I don't know what to do next because what I should have been, what really, and this is what people who are listening now probably have already heard this, but it's a nice reminder of, you know, focus on activity because if I had just gone home, there's nothing wrong with celebrating. I absolutely am going to do that. Um, uh, I'm going on a trip in a couple of days, so we will celebrate. But I was really sad because I got home and I realized I, I, I don't have any uh, discipline set up around this particular goal to keep going. Um, I had achieved a very specific goal and then I should have immediately went right back to the computer and started writing again. And I didn't. And I remember, and then it was a good reminder. And it was actually, I'm actually grateful that I was a little bummed out because it reminds me, oh, that's not really where the victory isn't in the finish line because there really isn't a finish line. The victory isn't all the discipline and just the activity. Um, and then, you know, the, the finish line either comes or it moves or you don't hit it. And it's sort of irrelevant in my mind. I don't really care. Um, and I'm learning that now. It's like, oh, I just went to the top of that mountain and it wasn't that big of a deal. What's a big deal for me is all the work it takes. Uh, and I, I imagine you can probably relate to that. I, I got I to unpack what you just said, DJ, because you, you normally do this with your guests. I'm going to do it with you now. Yeah, please. So, so what, what you just said is so, is so fascinating in a few different things. Firstly, one of, the, one of my um, childhood heroes, you know, growing up in the 80s was Arnold Schwarzenegger. He larger sure. than life, um, you know, watching his movies growing up. But the one thing as an adult that I respect so much about him is he's had very many different successes. And a lot yeah. of people don't know this. He was a millionaire investing in real estate in uh, Santa Barbara before he was a millionaire from making movies. So he was, ah. he was a bodyboarding champion. Then he was a middle, millionaire through real estate investment. Then he was the you know biggest movie star in the world for a decade plus. And then he went on to his political career. So he had yeah. four very distinct lives, whereas yeah. most people that would achieve one of those four would be so happy reaching the pinnacle. Sure. He reached four different pinnacles. And when I read his biography, which was a fantastic book, um, one thing he said was he has a whole shelf in his, in his office of just you know photo album after photo album from the most incredible things. And he yeah. said, you know, I just never look back on them because I'm always looking yeah. forward. I don't look back. So a lot of successful people, that's what they do. And it's kind of a curse. And just like, because honestly, like I'm telling you as a friend now, you need to take some time and just meditate <laughs> and, and think about that accomplishment. Because I 100% agree with what you said. It is the journey. But yeah. also, we, it's, it's so important for driven people to take a step back and see how far we've come. Otherwise, we go through life always. You're always wanting to get more, get more. You know, you've got your goals. You're always striving and you're just never going to be happy. So I think that's a, and I, I know exactly what you said, what you're saying. I remember I had a, had an MMA fight and the guy, I think that my, my original opponent was a tough guy. He got injured or something and they, they got a last minute replacement and he was a weight class below me. And it was a pretty easy, easy, easy fight. I choked him out at the first round. And I, I didn't feel good. I was like, I trained so hard and I wanted, I, it, this wasn't about beating a, a guy who shouldn't, it was a bum. You know, he's, he was like a street fighter, had a lot of fights, lost a lot, won a few. He was just kind of, just, just, he just did it because if he wasn't fighting in a cage, he'll be fighting on a Saturday night. And I remember <laughs> the next day, my, my good friend, um, Brad, that I've been training with uh, this past few months, he and I ran a half marathon together because I was just like, I got to get up and do something because I don't feel good. I feel like I yeah. cheated myself. And I think that's a very common thing among among um, achievers. Either if 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 it's not as hard as you thought, you don't feel good. And even if you, like you, you achieve this great goal, but yeah. you're you're so you're so attuned to the process that even you you can you can you realize that the goal is not the end; it's the process. And and that's so hard for people people to to remember. But I think it's a great reminder that there is 
it's a great reminder for people that are miserable in what they're doing. And they think, you know, like if I just do this for X amount of years, then I can, I can retire. And they don't actually analyze what is retirement going to entail? Is that going to make me happy? Is it really sitting on a beach drinking Mai Tais? You know, after a couple of weeks, isn't that going to get a bit boring? And I actually have a good friend who financially, he's in his early 40s. He's very smart. He's got a lot of investments. He told me he can retire right now. And then he thought about it. He said, said, I think at the end of the year, I think I'm going to retire. And then he got this incredible anxiety. And he was like, what the hell am I going to fill my time with? And I think that it's a great reminder that it's, if if what you're doing is so miserable in whatever it is that you're doing and you think that the end goal is is to is to retire that's not going to bring you should make the change now and embrace the struggle and try to find as a as a great um martin seligman he's a he wrote a book yeah. positive psychology and i love yes. it he, he says his big thing him and a couple other guys they started this new movement in psychology so let's stop trying to get people who are a complete mess to average let's focus on getting average people to excellence and and to you know a fulfilled life and one of his things is that find your signature strengths things that you're good at things that um you know that inspire you to get out of the bed in the morning and try to mold your job around both your signature strengths and then the bigger picture is it's just doing something where you're giving back to society. Like yeah. if your signature strength is, you know, being a killer and you're an assassin, you're probably not going to get too much job satisfaction out of being an assassin. So his point was, you know, you, you've got you to try to me- meld those two things together. And I think that's what, um, you know, I took his test and uh, that's why I really like the real estate side because a lot of my signature strengths is, is entrepreneurship and risk-taking and I, I crave novelty and learning and, and I can make that, my real estate career can be one of constantly, you know, you never know what the day is going to bring. You're always learning. You're being around a lot of fascinating, you know, high net worth people. And, um, you know, so, so I'm trying to create my, my work life and my signature strengths where they're kind of running parallel. So I think that's a really great reminder for people, but I just, I just have to emphasize what you said is so, it's so strong about just not, it's not about the goal. It's about the process. Cause I think too many people, it, it, it there's a famous, um, a famous saying in, 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 in MMA and spe- um, specifically wrestling, sorry. And it's embrace the grind. Yeah. And I think that once you, like, if you think about a fight, like if you, if you're training for weeks and weeks, you're cutting weight, you're just so miserable. You, and I actually had the same thing where I would be a month out and I would think I don't even want to live the next month of my life. I, cause it's so much work. It's so much yeah. mental stress. It's hard. I just, exactly. And I just, I want to get to the stage where I fight and it's over and I can just relax and it's going to feel so good, especially if, if, if it goes well. And now looking back, it's like, man, there were, there were some of the, the, greatest months of my life was that incredible striving and suffering and I have such fond memories of it but it was hard to appreciate at the time so just by changing that mindset and saying hey I'm going to embrace the grind I'm going to embrace the suck um, it's a great thing to remember because then then you can enjoy the journey more the day-to-day journey well that's that's so true and resistance is what creates growth right whether yes. it's you're lifting a heavier muscle then you can you can lift uh, and you're going to create those micro tears in, in your muscle and they're going to repair themselves and be stronger um, it, it is you know there's there's a great a great book since we're, we're recommending books that I, I recommend it's a, a book by a, an author I, I deeply deeply admire um, named uh, Robert um, it'll come to me in a second but the name the name of the book is called uh, meeting the dragon and then the, the sub the, uh, the, the subheading is, is really what I what I wanted to mention which is called ending your suffering by entering your pain essentially uh, basically saying you know, don't avoid pain. Uh, And it doesn't mean, you you know, necessarily physical pain, it could be emotional pain, but dive into it, learn how to tolerate, uh, you know, discomfort and pain. And and then eventually you go, oh, it it isn't so difficult. I can actually tolerate some of this challenge. And and I think right now we're we're in an environment where we're all a a little bit more uncomfortable than we were, at least most of us. Um, and, And it's a real opportunity to learn how to tolerate uh, and, and to appreciate some of the comforts uh, that we probably maybe took for granted and now we're, we're not as comfortable. So it's a good opportunity to learn how to tolerate. But also, I'm going to go tie it back to also something you said at the beginning, which is about having, if, if, if we, we think balance is the goal, but balance is pretty much unattainable, but that's okay because we're not perfect people. Um, but it measuring, and I don't mean measuring as far as how close are you to your goal, but measuring around, did I take, you know, specifically think about real estate, you know, did I prospect today for even if they're even if it was for ten minutes? If that's all I could get get to doing, 
There's, there's a philosophy called no more zero days. And all you have to do is one thing, uh, one thing. You don't have to prospect perfectly for five hours because, you know, Brian Buffini talked a lot about this, um, has talked a lot about this over his career with, with his coaching and training uh, systems, which he says, you know, look, you might be spending, if you're working eight hours a day, you might spend seven of those hours doing customer service, dealing with your clients, helping them, doing all the things that realtors do once somebody says, hey, I want to work with you. Um, and that might take up seven of eight hours. And if that's, and if that's the case, well, you might feel like you had a really successful day, but, and, 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 and you might have, but if you also said, well, did I do something to actually prospect for new business today? And the answer is no, then he would say, well, you didn't really win the day. Um, and you don't need to beat yourself up, but you need to realize like, okay, maybe if I'm only even spending 30 minutes educating myself on the market and maybe another 30 minutes prospecting, and then the other six hours, if I'm only working eight hours, I'm, I'm just dealing with clients that's a win. That's a victory. Or if you didn't exercise at all today and you're just about to go into bed, do two push-ups. do something. And then you can say, well, at least I did something. Um, and and, and so just, yeah, keeping all of that um, and, and making sure that you're, you're measuring each area of your life, you know, spiritually, uh, physically, emotionally, uh, career, all of those things. And just making sure you know what those daily disciplines are. I love that. So a cu- couple of things, if I can just add to that. Um, Please. When you're, if you have a great grandiose goal, so for instance, I say, you know, this year I want to sell 25 million myself. I don't have a team, right. just, just me. It's, it's very hard and it can be paralyzing for a lot of people to, well, where, how do I get there? When you start breaking it down, um, a lot of people talk about, you know, okay, well, 25, that's a little over 2 million a month. And yeah. then what is that? So half a million a week. Um, but I don't even like that. I really like the, the mentality of just, if you, if you win the day and you yeah. do the right processes, then the results take care of themselves. So there's, um, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Scott Adams. He's a, yeah, he was the, the Dilbert, Dilbert guy. Yes, exactly. He, he's become a bit of a political commentator, which I don't like his political stuff too much, but I really like his, um, his kind of his business uh, mindset. He talks a lot about processes over goals. And because yeah. the thing with goals is, you know, if you say, well, you know, back when I was fighting, it's like, okay, my goal is to win the golden gloves. Well, when I was boxing, when I was, when I was a kid, the problem is, well, I remember one golden gloves, I trained so hard. I should have the year before I won, I should have won. And one of my fights, I just ate too soon. I had really bad stomach cramps and I just, I just could barely move in one of the fights. Right. And of course I lost the decision and it was like, I couldn't prepare for that. That was just, that's one of the tough things about kind of sports in general. You have good days and you have bad days. You can only control what you can control. And, and you ha- you know, it's, one of the reasons sports is exciting is because you know, you have these big upsets, people have bad days, etc. So, sure. yeah, I, it, but if you beat your, so you can't beat yourself up necessarily about whether you achieve your goal, but you can definitely say, you know, if I'm doing jujitsu now and I say, well, I've got a tournament in, in a month. And rather than saying, I've got to win this tournament, I don't know who I'm facing. I could face a guy who's been doing jujitsu since he was three and he's never done anything else in his life. And he's got better genetics than me and he's going to, he's going to smoke me, you know, that's, so I can't control that. But what I can control is I can say, I'm going to work out, you know, eight times a week, I'm going to work, work, work on my diet, my strength and conditioning, my flexibility, my yoga, my recovery, my mental strength, all this stuff. And I'm going to be the best me I can be in four weeks. And I'm going to give it my best. So I think when you focus on the, on the processes, not the end goal, that really, really helps. Yeah, it, absolutely. Pr- process is, is it's, well, it's all you can control, right? Like exactly you just right. said. And, and, think, and but, if, oh, if you deep. set up, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to add one, one, one last thing to that. And this is, this is more for new agents. And I know definitely speaking to some friends of mine at the office the last few months, you know, for me too, a lot of stuff was falling through. There was a lot of, you know, there's, a, with, with the, there's not just the, the fear of the unknown the last few months, but a lot of people lending her, that the banks aren't stupid. They're not going to give loans to people that are then going to say, hey, I can't pay because I'm not making money because of the virus. So the lending really tightened up. And I know a lot of my colleagues were very, very frustrated that everything was falling through. They had these willing buyers who couldn't get their loans and you know they were very frustrated. But if, if they just focus, it's it, you have to make time your ally. So if you do the wrong things, if you're trying to diet, DJ, you, you look great, yeah. so you don't have to. But if you- Oh, oh I do, trust me. <laughs> but if, if you were trying to diet, and tonight, you know, you, you ended up having a few beers on your sofa and you said, screw this. And you ate you know, three pizzas and a couple of tubs of ice cream. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up. You're not going to look very different when you take you look in the mirror. It's just one day. But if you keep doing that, obviously, you know, your, your 
physique is gonna is gonna look look pretty bad over time because you're doing the wrong things. So then time becomes your enemy. But if you do the right things, you might not see it now because you know lending's tough and it's weird times. But if you keep doing those things we talked about, time is gonna become your ally. And over time, it, it's it's I don't know if it's gonna be next week or next month when you're gonna start closing again as a broker, but it is gonna happen. And I love that one of my good friends, I remember years ago, I was bummed out of a breakup or something. And he said, he's like, look at you, you're still, you know, your work's going great. You're you're working out every day. You're mentally strong. You're doing great things. You're being social, you're being around people. It, it's just a matter of time. And of course, you know, two weeks later I was fine. So it's just, you, you wanna, whatever situation you're in that you don't like, as long as you do the right things, you're gonna be okay. And the biggest, I think the biggest thing I see among people is is their goal they're here and their goal is here and there's so many steps they can't fathom how they're going to get there and so don't even don't even think about that end goal think about you know this like what you said you said if i have a day where i can read for 30 minutes or more and i get yeah. a good and i get a good sweat on whatever kind of some kind of exercise that for me is a good day anything else is a bonus even if all my clients don't answer my calls every deal falls through you know my, my, my wife's grumpy and yelling at me. Everything else is a debacle. I'm still happy because I know that I did the minimum. I improved my mind a little bit and I, I kept my health. And I think that's so that's so great because a lot of people, I think Jordan Peterson talked about this too. He said, aim down. And it's such a, yes. I remember when I heard that, I'm like, aim down? What the hell is this guy talking about? But it makes sense because it's it's too paralyzing to have these huge goals. So so focus on the processes, aim down you know, focus on what you can control, make time your ally, and then it's just a matter of time to get where you want to be. Yeah, to another Jordan Peterson quote, which is very similar to the aim down, has to do with keep your keep your bedroom clean. If you if you don't know what to do at the moment, go clean up your bedroom. See how that makes you feel yes. when you you know clean up just a little bit of a you know pardon the pun, but a corner of your world. Um, in this case, a physical space. Um, or 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 you know another version of that is go out for a run or or do some push ups or whatever it is to that you know is something healthy. Um, yes. because we're all going to do unhealthy things too. That's just, right. we're, we're just imperfect people. So if you can, if you can kind of white knuckle it to do something healthy, even if you don't want to, and by the way, I'd also say stop waiting to get motivated because it, unless you're extremely lucky, uh, motivation just doesn't really come to me yes. uh, unless I'm, you know, once in a blue moon, inspiration hits, motivation hits, but, and you're, you're an athlete, you probably laugh at this idea of motivation. It's like, no, you just have to get out there and kind of force yourself to do it. And and you know, just showing up is is ninety percent of it. My my mom used to say that she she works out every single day. Um, she has for years and years. And I used to I used to say, boy, I wish I loved working out as much as you do. And she laughed. She's like, I don't like working out. It's the worst. But but she goes, I know I should do it. And I go, well, if it's so hard for you, how do you do it? She goes, I just put my shoes on the side of the right right uh, beneath the bed, and I wake up and I just. She goes, if I think about it, I won't do it. So I put on the shoes and I walk out the door. And she's, I go, that's the secret. She's like, it's the only thing that works for me because if i think about it i'll stop <laughs> that's, see that that's such a small thing but it's not so just I, i'm i'm um i'm gonna work out after this and i have actually when i was walking to the office uh, to call you i had my my stuff in a neat pile you know my workout clothes and i think that that one one thing when this first went down i think yale i, I think a few universities did this but yale was offering this free course called the science of happiness and yeah, kind of, I, I've taken it. I've oh, taken that okay. course. I, yeah, I just, the, the, just, the woman, uh, the woman that that runs it is amazing. Uh, yes. The instructor, she's great. Lori, Lori something. Laura something. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So one of the things, and they were talking about you know diet, and they said just leaving whether you leave fruit out or whether you leave yeah. cereal out. That if they look at studies, you know, three months later, that makes a huge difference if someone's lost weight or gained weight. And like the simplest, smallest things. Yeah. And uh, but but one thing I really noticed that I really like the fact that we're talking about this because I've listened to a lot of your shows. And maybe a lot of top agents do it, but they don't really mention it enough. And I think one of the reasons that I really like that guy, um, uh, Scott Adams, is yeah. I read, my brother bought me one of his books. It's called How to Fail at Nearly Everything and Still Win Big. And it yeah. was one of the first business books. He talked a lot about his business failures and, and what he learned from them and why it made him an ultimate success is because he's just trying to get as many, as much knowledge and talents as he can. And then he becomes a more... Um, all his skills combined to make better future decisions. That was kind of, the, but the one thing he had a whole chapter, a whole chapter on a book about business pretty much where he's talking about health. And this is an older guy. I think he's in his fifties, maybe, you know, late fifties, I think. And I, I, I remember reading it and I thought, wow, that's one of the first people that I've read in a business book that really goes out of the way to explain about health 
diet, sleep, exercise. And I think that's, that's me personally, that's one of my biggest things is I, no billionaire on his deathbed wishes for more money. They all want more health. And yeah. yet at the same time, and I see a lot of my good, very, very good um, friends who are very successful financially have let their health kind of go by the wayside. And it's always one thing I'm so grateful I learned from my dad who's 70. And uh, I mean, he, he's a crazy, crazy endurance athlete. Last um, couple of months ago, he was climbing uh, like for a month in Nepal, he was climbing one of the mountains wow. next to Everest. In the summer, he hiked across the Alps in France. Like he's a, he's a, he's just a lifelong athlete and, and, you know, always looked after his health. Pretty much, I grew up always, you know, running with him, just working out with him. He just he built it into the fabric of his of his life, and I just think that that's so important. And if if there's one thing, it's like if you say, hey, would you want to sell, you know, 35 million of real estate and win every award that there can be, and and not kind of let your health go a bit, or would you rather sell eight million and be a stud athlete and just be, you know, I'm 41, be be still ticking at 41 and very healthy? I'm going to take the healthy one all day because I think that. The, you, you talked about the motivation. When I when I'm when I'm rested and I'm healthy and I get good work, workouts in, that's when I'm motivated to take on the world because I yeah. have that um, that energy. And I, I, just, I guess people are different, but for me, mental energy comes from physical exertion and also dealing with stress. The best for me is just like um, Tony Robbins said. He said the best thing to, when you're when you're in a bad place mentally is you have to get out of your head. And just get in your heart and to do some hard exercise, whether it's just yeah. running up and down your street or doing as many press ups as you can. There's so many things you can do, and I just I love the fact that you and I have talked about that a few times. Just this this um, while, while we're having this conversation because it's so often glossed over by so many people. And um, when I was doing that, um, I did the the David Goggins challenge, the 48 miles in 48 hours. I was listening to one of Gary Vee's um, audiobooks and went mm. on some of the runs, and I I used to find him annoying. And I've yeah. come to absolutely love him because he talks a lot about things that I, I 100% agree with. Yeah, everyone wants the they want the cake without doing the work, and sure. he's he's big on just crushing the work. And he tells people like I worked my ass off and I didn't have a life in my 20s because I was building the business. I love that about him. Um, but that's one thing he said is one thing he regretted when he was young is he kind of neglected his health. And now I think he's he's probably around my age, early 40s, maybe a bit older. And he's got a trainer now and he's obsessed with getting a good chest because he doesn't have a good chest. And he's he's talking about like, I'm obsessed with health. And it's like, he realized he can't, you know, he's unbelievably successful, wealthy, famous. He's 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 got all that stuff. And he realized that's not enough, actually. Actually, the most yeah. important thing is my health. So I just, I love, I'm, if there's one thing that anyone gets from this, it's put your health first, you know. And if you have health, you have energy, it, you, you're... I can speak from personal experience. I think you, you might agree too. If if you neglect your body and you feel physically crappy, your mind is not in a good place. They, they, yeah. they you know, the healthy body, healthy mind. I know it's a, it's 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 a kind of cheesy, but it's so 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 true. So I think that's that's a great. It's a, we both touched on it without realizing it, but I just wanted to emphasize that point. I, I, yeah, I, I am in such full agreement, and it's the same reason why for the last fifteen, I have a lot of terrible health habits. But one of my one of the good ones I have, and I, I'd recommend. And since we're you know talking a little bit outside of real estate, but these are things that affect everything in our ability. Since we're you know this is your own business for almost everyone listening. You know, you're a business owner, you're a real estate professional, and and knowing that you have to make all the most or, or most of the decisions, if not all of them. And if you if you do have a high degree of health, you're you're just going to be more likely to be able to do more and also to be able to stay, you know, happy, positive uh, in difficult times. Um, I, I will say one thing that, oh, oh actually two things. Um, I have been making my lunch uh, so that the, the same um, salad that I, uh, I choked out on last time uh, we were doing this, I actually had that exact same salad, but with a lot more water this time uh, just before. So I, I make a spinach salad. I have, you know, a bunch of healthy things in there, but no dressing. I'm kind of, I'm like super hardcore about it. And it's it's gross. It's definitely not fun, um, but uh, but it's healthy. And I make that every night. Now, if if every day at noon I had to decide, because uh, that's when I have my snack, which is my I have a bunch of things, not just salad, but they're all healthy snacks. If I had to actually decide at noon, what am I going to eat? It's my time for my snack. What should I have? I am almost certainly going to choose things that are bad for me because by now I've had some stress of the day. I just want to escape. I just want to feel good. But because I pack my, my lunch and my snacks the night before, I don't have a choice. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm at work. I, I pull out my lunch 
box and I, and I pull out my salad and, you know, it's not the most exciting thing in the world to eat, but doing push-ups aren't exciting either, exactly. but they're a good idea, right? So, so I, I have that version for, for, uh, for nutrition. The other thing I wanted to mention, and you had said this at the beginning, and I really, really have, uh, I want, I'm so glad you brought it up. I've never thought to talk about this, but you really just uh, inspired me to, to, to tell short, Sarah, a very short story um, uh, around sleep. Um, this is not talked about enough. Um, we, we all know we should eat right, we should exercise, um, but this idea of getting enough sleep is so critical, but even more than just the number of hours is having good sleep hygiene. And it even goes beyond, you know, getting the room to a certain degree uh, as far as the temperature and, and if you can get the blackout shades for your windows and turning off your phone and all of those things that, that we've seen in articles. Yes, yes, do all of that. But I didn't know that I had a sleep disorder at all until I, I was had a girlfriend many, many years ago who said, you know, it, and I'm not overweight. I'm, I'm, I'm in reasonably decent shape. Um, I've never been overweight. But she said, you know, when you sleep, it doesn't sound like you're breathing enough. And I went, oh, that's silly. I sleep the, all night through. I don't wake up. And, and so she goes, no, it, it sounds like you stop breathing. And I said, that's, and she goes, and you're tired all the time, all day long. Um, as far as I've known, you've always been exhausted. I said, well, I just expend a lot of energy. She goes, no, there's something wrong. So I just said, okay, fine. I'll go to a sleep clinic just to sort of show her that nothing's wrong. And sure enough, uh, I, I slept overnight. They hooked me up with all the electrodes. I said, this is going to, they're going to come back and say your sleep is fine. Uh, oh, and by the way, I was on ADHD or ADD medication because I was having trouble focusing and I've always had trouble focusing. I didn't know that those two things could be related. So I go to the sleep center, get connected. The, I go back two weeks later and they say, did, did you know that you wake up uh, on average 14 times an hour? And I went, no, that can't be possible. They go, no, no, they're called micro arousals. And you're not consciously waking up, but because your breathing is all screwy, um, your brain is waking up. And I said, well, what does that do to the quality of your sleep? And they're like, we'll take a guess. And so I said, okay, uh, well, thank you, because I never would have known that, because I don't wake up while I'm sleeping. I think I sleep perfectly. And they say, you have to wear a CPAP for the rest of your life. And I said, oh, well, that doesn't sound fun. And they said, no, but... What's going to happen if, if we've correctly diagnosed you is you're not going to ever have to take an ADHD medicine, uh, medicine again, because likely that's because you're not getting good yeah. sleep. Because the first thing that goes um, when you don't get enough sleep is concentration and memory. And your concentration and memory are terrible. You've, you've admitted this. And I said, yeah, 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 whatever. So I, I started wearing the CPAP. This is about five years ago. And then within a couple of months, I went, oh, my gosh. I'm now fully rested. I don't, I don't wake up groggy. I'm not tired during the day. And I no longer have issues around focus. So wow. if anyone's experiencing those things, talk to your doctor and see about checking out a sleep study because you might not even realize you have. In my case, I never thought I'd have sleep apnea. No one else in my family has it. I'm not traditionally somebody yeah. who you might think has it. So it completely changed my life. Um, and, and I would just say, if anything, it, it, it actually didn't completely change my life, but it, it, what it did is it made me about 15% healthier, I would say, if I had to put a number to it. And that was massive that's for me. Yeah, massive. 15%, wow, yeah. Massive. Um, so, you know, yeah, you know, explore lots of different, you know, especially if you're, if you're sleepy, you know, or, or, you know, don't feel like you have the energy or concentration, it could very well be a sleep issue. And, and sleep psychiatry is a relatively new thing, um, a new field of study. And, and it's really taking the world of psychiatry on by storm. And, and I've been off all meds uh, for, you know, years and years now, but I have to wear my, my mask every night. And you know what? I love it. It's great. See, that's such a great story. That's basically, um, and this is very hard to do after you get to a certain age, but it, you're trying to find little things you can do in your life that, that make your, give you much better quality of life. And it's, yeah. as, as we get older, it's much easier to get stuck in habits and routines. Um, really briefly, I'll tell you two, two things that have changed yeah. my, my happiness a lot the last few years. Um, one is, the one thing with real estate is you're constantly, there's always a lot, I've got to text this guy, I've got to email that guy, oh, I've got to yeah. schedule this, this property. You, or you have this constant thing in your head we have so many things flying around and they're all very minor a lot of them take two minutes but it's it's very very hard to to really clear your mind so i've found doing um, a lot of people the yoga people think it's not real yoga but i love um just an hour class of core power hot yoga i, I normally go with a friend of mine we keep each other accountable and it's the i've been going in a, before they shut down a couple of times a week 
And for me, I, my, my body obviously feels much better. My back feels looser and everything's, I drive a lot. So physically I feel great, but it's the mental, just the complete calmness. I'm not a big meditation person, but I get my meditation from either yoga or running. That's where I kind of clear my head. Sure. And so that, that I can honestly say doing that has made a huge difference in my happiness levels and just how I feel physically and mentally. Um, that's one. The other thing is you just always, I don't think we, we get, we're very, we're, we're real creatures of habit. So maybe you have your morning routine. A lot of people have the same morning routine. They've never questioned it. So I'd always get up. I'd normally work out. I do some kind of workout around lunchtime. So I'd always get up, have breakfast, and then do whatever I've got to do, and then hit the gym. And I started the intermittent fasting where I don't eat till I I stay up late. I, I I'm on a late schedule. I'm not one of these guys that gets up at five thirty, sees the sunrise, meditates for an hour. I'm I, I that doesn't work for me. So you you have to find a routine that works for you. But for me. Um, intermittent fasting works so well just because I roll out of bed, I have, you know, a liter of water, I start my day. I don't even think about food till, you know, three, maybe three o'clock in the afternoon. And it's great. And so, so that for me is, it's made my life so much easier. My morning routines much easier. I can be much more efficient. And also I feel great. You don't, I think a lot of the time we're eating, we're just eating because we're bored or we're just eating because it's a habit. And I think that- Or, or we're trying to soothe ourselves. Exact comfort eating. That's a big one too. Yeah, especially now a lot of people are down. And I know yeah. I remember when I actually so my birthday was last month and I, I was I had a, a marathon. I was going to South America with my wife and we had this trip planned and I was gonna do a marathon on my birthday. I thought it'd be di- I try and do different things on my birthday. So oh, I haven't done a marathon. Yeah. So so um so I had all this stuff planned and of course once everything was cancelled when the the lockdown first started, I remember for a few days I was just really bummed because I realized that yeah. my routine had been taken away from me. And we are, it's so interesting to even to seeing friends who would complain about their work, but then when they couldn't work because their work was closed, they were actually depressed when you'd think you'll be so happy. Everyone would be so happy. But we, we realized through the last few months that we are such humans need routine. We're also incredibly social creatures. It's very unnatural to be isolated. Um, but that routine is just so important. So as a broker, it's so important that you give yourself some kind of structure. So I've got a very structured week and I like it that way. Um, I, I also think it's important to have some kind of creativity. So yeah. you're balancing the structure takes away your creativity. So that's why I really try to, I work hard, play hard. So I'll, I'll work straight for, you know, 30 days, 40, 45 days. Then I'll take a week off and I'm still checking in. Like we talked about earlier, you never stop that. Those three things that the, the, the checking in with your, with your, um, sphere of influence, the actual task to do, and then the, the improvement. So when I go away, the task to do tends to be outsourced to my, my partner or my colleagues. And, and the checking in is a bit, is a bit less, but I still try and do it. But the big thing I try and focus on is the inspiration, the improvement, the, tr- tr- you tr- you've got to get yourself out of your routine in order to analyze, do I need to make some changes? Am I, am I, you know, what's the phrase? you can't be chopping down trees in a jungle. Sometimes you've got to stop, climb a tree and seeing if you're even in the right jungle or the right direction, you know? So it's kind of that, that analogy. So I think that's a really great point what you said. Um, And one thing, DJ, just, you just reminded me, I I just wanted to touch on this because you've probably heard of this book. So when I first got my real estate license, I remember I had two different, I had, um, I think it might've been Mo uh, recommended the book, the, the millionaire real estate agent, by yeah, Gary Keller. Gary Keller. Yeah. yeah. And I also had a, I think a friend bought it for me too. So I got two copies. Um, but that, that book is kind of, it's a, a lot of it is outdated after the first, say the first 70 pages is more the philosophy. And then the things he's talking about was written before technology. So it's a bit outdated, but, um, it's kind of the classic inspirational thing for new agents. But it was so interesting because you talked about when you, when you had that really big um, goal you accomplished and you felt yeah. a bit lifeless after, aimless. Yeah. And I went through exactly the same thing about just before I got my real estate license where I realized that I was at a time where all my goals I'd either achieved or I didn't, some of the goals, they weren't really something I was interested in anymore. I, I, I changed my, 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 um, my dreams since, since having them. And I suddenly felt goalless. And I remember I just broken up with my girlfriend. So I was single at the time and I was, I just had my last MMA fight. I was going to retire from MMA and I was incre- I had a, almost like an early midlife crisis. I was incredibly depressed because I just didn't really have things that I wanted to strive for anymore. Yeah. And like we talked about, we really are creatures of habit. We need goals and, and things that keep us exciting, things that get us out of bed in the morning that we're passionate about. We want to focus and we, we want to, you know, bleed for and sweat for and strive for it. I think it's so important. And Gary Keller wrote a book called The One Thing. And yeah, I never, I never book. heard of this book. And my friend, who it's so funny, he's an attorney. So he, did, he didn't even know that Gary Keller's a real estate guy. And he, he called right. me and he said, Lawrence, you have to get this book. 
and I was flying somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but I think I, I picked it up on the, on the airport and I, I got a coffee. There was no Wi-Fi or anything. And I just got into this book. And I think I read the whole thing in one sitting. I can't remember where I was flying to, but it, it really changed my life because there was the one thing he talked about is I'm, we talked about processes, not goals. I think goals are good to set the destination. Then yeah. you need the processes to get there. But without the, like you, when you had that big accomplishment, you felt kind of um, aimless because you had achieved it. You had yeah. that, that a lot of, a lot of high achievers will, will say the same thing when they get these big, the things that they'll look back with pride in years to come at the time, they felt kind of depressed. It's almost this yeah. achievement depression. And the thing I love about that book is he talks about your goals, but he says, you, you, you got to have your, you know, your one month goals, your five year goals, your you know, all that, but you also have to have your one day goals. And yeah. I think that was so great because if, if I had had those, my one day goals at the time was, you know, to meet an awesome woman, a life partner, you know, to start a family with all these yeah. things that I wasn't even thinking because I was a single guy in my mid thirties. But by having those, you know, having a, having a, a house in, in the beach somewhere in California and all these things that, that it'll be a nice dream. But I, I, because I didn't have those one day goals, I was incredibly, I kind of went through an early midlife crisis. So I think it's always good. That's a great book for anyone in real estate to read and anyone in life to read too. The one thing, talking about the importance of goals, but also goals that have no end date. Goals that, yeah. these nice dreams, because that that inspires us. That, that, that I, I think having that big, big picture that dreams look forward to that gets that gets me through bad to dark times for sure you know like i i'm very confident i don't know how i'm going to get there but i'm going to get to those one day goals damn it and by having that in the back of your head as that inspiration that that's just that's for me that's a real strong driver in a in in you know getting me out of bed in the morning for sure yeah well it's that old adage it's that before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment chop wood carry water right ah, it's, i love it's, that it's, it's just true. It's, it's, you know, um, we, it's all just habits and, and discipline and, and, and checking in and seeing how, uh, seeing, and also being super kind and compassionate when you fall short and you will because you're human and that's normal. And we're going to have bad days where we can't get out of bed, some of us, or, or we can't get to the gym if that's our goal or, or we just, or we just choose not to go to the gym or we, we fall short. Um, and, and thinking about it, like, how would you treat your best friend if they said, you know, I, I, I'm really kind of bummed out today. I, I didn't quite get this one thing done. You wouldn't beat them up. You would say, oh, I'm sorry. How you doing? What can I do to help you? Is there, do you want to talk about it? Or, you know, you, you'd, you'd be compassionate. Uh, you, you wouldn't yell at them and say, hey, you lazy, unless, unless that's what they wanted from you, but you probably wouldn't naturally think to do that. You, you'd want to just be kind. And, and I think that's, that's the one thing that, that a lot of us, especially entrepreneurs or people running their own business, forget the, the self-kindness and realize you don't have to be perfect and it's okay because you're not going to be perfect anyway so you might as well get used to falling short once in a while and giving yourself the uh, you know the 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 flexibility to then make it up the next day or or just forgive yourself for having a bad day um exactly. and i, I think, think a, a lot of us struggle with that well i think um like you said entrepreneurs are often their own harshest critic and mm. if there's one thing you should take away from this is you should take a bit of time and basking in your achievement because I think that's a huge deal. And I think yeah. it's up to it's up to our. We talked earlier about how with the, with the virus and everything, we're not really seeing too many people. My social right. circle has shrunk to a very very small amount of people that I've been seeing. And I, it's it's it, even when times are better, I think it's very important that we have a small peer group. And not only do we keep each other accountable, but we also support each other. And I know um, I'm on a text thread with Mo, my mentor and the, the owner of, of Main Street Real Estate. And he and I vent to each other a lot. And we also support each other. And we, we, we're also harsh on each other. I give him a hard time when he falls off his diet plan. Um, sure. and, you know, he gives me a hard time when he thinks I travel too much or whatever it is. But we also, when, when he vents to me or when I vent to him, he's, he's immediately there. He's, he's my supporter. He reminds me how far I've come. How, yeah. you know, these, these little things that are vexing me at the time, you know, you will, in the big picture, they're not the biggest deal. And I think that's so important that having that group of compassionate people in your life, whether it's your wife, your girlfriend, your very close friends, um, it, it's a two-way street, right? It's a keeping yourself accountable because you want the best in your friends. I'm harsh on my friends because I love them and I want them to succeed. And sometimes right. they need tough love. But also there's other times, especially the last few months, I think that, you know, one thing we, we there's, there's so there is there's always positives you can take from any negative situation and one thing we can take from this is 
and all this stuff that we're striving for, you know, buying new cars. And if you don't have your health and you don't have a, your, your, yeah. your friends and family, your close friends, family around you, none of that matters. So, you know, take the time to, I'm, I'm so bummed that my parents are in England and, you know, I can't see them right now. Yeah. And I, I plan to see them this month. And just, I, I got more appreciation just for having a good relationship with my parents. And my brother just had a son. I can't wait for a reunion in the summer, hopefully. And just, you know, I, it gives you a new appreciation for the for the good things in your life as opposed to I think it's human tendency we evolved to you know we evolved to survive and to procreate we didn't evolve to be happy so we have to constantly fight these things that the the, the 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 we're always just it's a human tendency to always be dissatisfied with what we have and this this whole pandemic is a good reminder that when the pandemic passes and we can actually have human contact again without fear and we can you know we can be intimate with people we can go to a restaurant i remember when i was with my wife in in ireland last year irish people are so sweet this old yeah. irish couple next to us they heard us talking in, in non you know we weren't irish they just pulled up the table next to us and joined us for dinner we had a fantastic time in this little italian restaurant and it was just well, you know th little things like that that we can't do anymore like i'm going to appreciate so much the next time i can sit down and have a random couple gate crash my romantic dinner with my wife you know like all these yeah. things that you, you take for granted to a certain extent i think it's just a great reminder and the same with just 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 like it's a great reminder for any entrepreneur who's dissatisfied with where he is today Take a step back, maybe if, if try to think like, what was my goal two years ago? And most of you will be very surprised how far you've come without realizing it because you never take a chance to step back. And you, once we're done, DJ, I want you to take, <laughs> take a few minutes and be damn proud of yourself. Well, man. well, I, well I'll, t I'll tell you, thank you for that, by the way. And, and, and thank you for, for all, everything you just said was, was amazing. But yeah, as far as what I've done as a little hack for myself, uh, for not being able to always appreciate some of my accomplishments is I listen to the people closest to me, the ones that orbit me, my close friends, my family. And if they're really proud of me, which, and I mean, because I earned it, not just because I'm their friend or, or their son or, you know, because I've accomplished something that, that they recognize as like, wow, that was impressive. And of course they're a bit biased, but um, when they're proud of me, that's when I turn off my criticism and I say, okay, I'm not good at praising myself, so I'm just going to let let you know. I'm going to let them do it, and, and maybe one day I'll learn how to how to be better at celebrating my successes. But I do turn off my brain, and I went. I am not the best judge of how far I've come because I now I have these these wonderful relationships where people go, no, that's really awesome, and I don't fight them. I don't say no, no, it really was. I mean, sometimes I do, but generally I go, oh, really? And they go, yeah, and I go, okay. You know, and um, so that's that's maybe maybe that's the best part of friendship is is they exactly. see you, they see you um, outside of yourself, right? They're, yeah, they're and they're probably more accurate. They're likely have a better sense of the objectivity of it um, because we have all of our own wounds and we have our emotional issues and things that happened to us when we were little or or whatever that that are going to distort our ability to see ourselves as we really are. And that's what's great about friendship is. People go, hey, you're doing great just the way you are. Or, or, and you just did that thing. Wow, that's amazing. And you go, well, no, no, no. And, and I try to stop myself from saying that. Oh, no, no, no. I just go, really? And they go, yeah. And I go, oh, okay. Well, they're not crazy. So maybe they're right and I'm wrong. Well, this is the perfect time just to give um, a shout out to my partner, John Dimitros, because he drives me absolutely nuts. Because every time he's very self-deprecating. And every time yeah. I try and give him a compliment when he does something great, he always comes out with you know a, a silly little quip about some kind of negative quip. And I know he's, sure. it's, it's in jest, but he drives me nuts because it's so hard to give that guy a damn compliment. Yeah. So John, you're, you're a quality, a quality, quality human. So this, this is your uh, public shout out. No, no well, I, well, well, I, I know, I know you struggle with it because before we got started, you were giving me compliments, and I was like, no, 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 no. So, so I, I'm not great at accepting compliments, but, but that's something that I recognize, and I can work on that. And, yes. and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's just acknowledging there's parts of us that that need work and improvement, and just sort of even if just writing it down um, and, and recognizing, okay, that's something to work on. And, and then, you, then you set sail, you know, Google search. Uh, I mean, the, the other day I was, I was doing Google searches about self-criticism because I, I struggle with that. So I said, I, I bet you there's some good strategies and I have a therapist and I have other people that can give me ideas. But, but I thought, well, I'll, let me do my own research on criticism and judgment. And, um, and so now I have a few ideas of things I can do. But, but the point is, is, is we're all works in 
progress. You're, like you said, you were never finished. Exactly. Uh, no, one's, no one's got it all figured out, but we can take little bits and pieces of people. Uh, the, the, the Will Smith, there's a great story. Um, uh, actually, a, a, a hypnotherapist from the UK, his name's Paul McKenna. He tells a great story of um, working, uh, meeting Will Smith. This is a great story about, about taking uh, compliments. Uh, met him at a party. This is 25 years ago. And he had just started, I think he had been in one or two movies, um, and, and, but not really had been a breakout movie star yet. And he met him at some event. And he said, you know, uh, Mr. Smith, I, I really respect you. Um, I think you're a great uh, role model for, for, for young, uh, you know, young people. And, and, you know, he just heaped some, some legitimate praise upon him. And he said it was the most interesting because Will Smith paused and he said he took it in for about 15 seconds, didn't say anything. And he could see, he said, I could see him taking in what I said. And he thought about it. He reflected and he finally responded and he said, Hey, thank you. That was really, really great. And, um, and, I, and, and, he, and he said, the reason I'm bringing it up is that that's not how most people take a compliment. They immediately deflect the compliment or they say, yeah, 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 thanks. And then they, they don't take it in, right? So, so, you know, I, I know we all struggle with this. So it's a good example of, uh, you know, um, learning how to, how to accept the praise of others, even if necessarily maybe we, don't, maybe we don't necessarily feel that way about ourselves. We can acknowledge other people do. And if, if you don't, take it in, you're sort of denying their gift to you. Um, and true. in some ways it's maybe even a little bit disrespectful to not take, to not take the compliment. So anyway, just, just some food for thought, but ju just to wrap up because you, we've given so much value, you've given so much value on this podcast. Um, I also want to want to make sure that people that in particular buyers, sellers, investors, uh, renters, anyone with a real estate need who might be listening here in the Chicagoland area, who's looking for a realtor to work with um, and, and might be wanting to work uh, Lawrence with you or your partner. Um, what's the best way that somebody should be reaching out to you? Honestly, it's probably LinkedIn. I really like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, you know, they, they, what do they call it? Facebook for professionals. There's a, there's some really great um, articles on there. And I, I've met a lot of great, um, very, you know, successful people and investors. Um, so yeah, shoot me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, and, and I'd love to help. My, my, my passion, my real passion is trying to find um, people who, especially the last few months, you know, it was funny because before, when, when I was on just before this thing happened, I remember we were talking about, I, I was talking about the S&P seeming a bit top heavy. And then yeah. of course we've had some crazy volatility and it, it went down and then I think it bounced back very, very, very quickly. Um, yeah. I have a lot of friends that are very skeptical. But um, a lot of people don't like that kind of crazy volatility. And I'm very much in the real estate right. model where I think real estate is the safest, um, least volatile, and it has a lot more upside um, if done correctly um, yeah. than any other investment tool. So if, you, if anyone wants to talk about trying to, the, the, the one negative, I guess, to real estate investing is it's difficult. You need to have local knowledge. You need to have someone like me who's going to bring you um, you know, find you the right building and explain, you know, why this building's better than that, why this is a better long-term investment than something else. And, uh, and that's something that I'm very, very, very passionate about. So if anyone wants to look into, you know, trying to be the most efficiently they, they can with their money and, and invest in real estate, um, definitely, definitely shoot me a message. I'd love to help. Yeah. So find Lawrence on Facebook, just search for Lawrence Dunning and the same on LinkedIn. We'll post links to those profiles for Lawrence as well. Well, Lawrence, once again, this was a great, uh, great episode. I, I love the fact that, that we talked more about maybe the psychology of success than, uh, than specific real estate practices because, um, Every other guest that I have on the show does talk mostly about real estate practices, which is awesome. So I appreciate the perspective of, of getting more into the psychology uh, and the emotional well-being and the physical well-being uh, no. of, of all of us, because you're right. Um, physical health, I, I could not agree more, is, is, is the, it's one of the easiest things to neglect, uh, sadly, but it's also maybe the most important because it's the impetus for everything else. If, if, you, if you feel good, you're going to just do more. I mean, it's just that simple or you're going to do it better or you're going to appreciate it more. or You're just going to handle it better. Um, so, and, so and I, CJ, I could, I'll leave you with this uh, for everyone that's kind of going through a tough time right now or struggling, even just what you said, then you say, you know, I'm Googling, I'm trying to improve myself. Yeah. You know, there's so many ways we can improve ourselves. Don't be so harsh. You know, maybe just, just, just call a couple of very close friends and family, yeah. give them some compliments. Just be, be, a, be a nicer person. We're going to get through yeah. this better times ahead. Um, and I really, I really, really believe that, um, you know, 
we're going to get past this. Humans are incredibly, they're, they're so, you know, the ingenuity of humanity time and time again surprised everybody. So we're going to get through this, stay positive and don't think your problems are alone. And maybe you can, you know, reach out to someone close to you and uh, give them, give them a little boost, you know, let them know how awesome they are and what they mean to you. And, and we're all going to come through this, you know, better humans. Wonderful. Well, on behalf of the audience, um, I would like to thank Lawrence for once again coming on our show and, and, and really providing wisdom. I think more than anything, there was a lot of wisdom in today's episode, which um, I am very grateful. And I know the audience is grateful as well to you for doing that. So on behalf of them, we say thank you. Also on behalf of Lawrence and I, we want to thank the audience for not only continuing to listen and support our show, but also we're, we always ask for you to do just two quick things. If you want to help us keep going, simple two things. One is just think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from, have, from hearing this particular interview and send them a link. Uh, you can send them right over to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com, which we just rebuilt from the ground up. It's much easier to find episodes or shows that you like. We have about five or six different shows within our podcast uh, on different categories of topics. Go there and check it out keeping it real pod.com send it over to a friend and then the second thing is to follow us on facebook please find us there we're at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod and the reason to do that uh, twofold one is we post of course all of our episodes there and even the video recordings while we're recording so you can watch them live you don't have to wait a few weeks for us to produce the episode and the second thing is every day we scour the internet we find one article that's written by some journalist somewhere specifically about how to help build your business and we post it. That's all that we post there. There's no fat. It's all meat. So check it out. Uh, keeping, I'm sorry, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. Lawrence, once again, thank you so much. This was a wonderful episode. I feel better as of, uh, and I have some things that I'm going to be working on now that you inspired me to, to, to get motivated to do. So thank you. Um, thank you. And uh, yeah, and we'll see you next time. Thanks I Lawrence. I can't wait. Thank you. Thank you.